Good. And welcome back to the new episode uh, with Angus and Jason still talking about nothing <laughs> and everything. And we still didn't come up with like a title for our podcast. I'm actually kind of like secretly proud of that. Um, I don't know why. Man, I'm I'm losing I'm losing a lot of audio actually. Oh. Yo. Jason? Oh, maybe I think it was my Discord wasn't picking up my voice. That was me, not the um your traffic. Oh yeah. I see my bubble's not lighting up when I'm talking sometimes. One sec. I'll make it Yeah, it's clippy. Like it cuts you half. It's because yeah, so I changed Audacity voice the input threshold. Um I'll just lower it. Testing. This should be a lot more responsive now. It should pick me up all the time and less clippy. Right? Yeah, that's good. That's much Do you want to yeah. start again? Because cool, 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 cool. otherwise you have to edit it out. Um, just... you still... No, I'll just, I'll just... It's okay. Editing's not too bad. We'll just start the recording again. Okay. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah. I'll just... It's fine. Okay. So, Jason, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Interesting events in the world that have been happening for a while. Mm. Um... And for those of you who are in the crypto sphere, cryptocurrency, you might be familiar already with the story of Lunar, uh, which was a stable coin that collapsed to zero. Um, and I knew some people who were holding Lunar, and they got pretty burnt, and I feel really bad for them. Because, like, I guess it's that eye-opening moment where it's like, it could happen to you, right? And me, and just... Mm-hmm. It could happen to any token. Like, I guess, like, we'd probably be like, Bitcoin is feels kind of immune to it at this point. Like, it, it'd be, like, very strange to wake up tomorrow and see, like, Bitcoin at zero. Um, yeah. I think then it's kind of, like, maybe game over. <laughs> if Bitcoin... <laughs> because it's... Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... What if it went to one dollar? I think that that would rock confidence very hard. But that's kind of zero, right? Like, we're talking about from now to, to tomorrow is a zero. I mean, honestly, if it went to a dollar, I think I'd just buy 10000 just for the loss. Yeah, I think you would, right? Well, that would be really dumb, right? Because there's probably a reason why yeah. it went to $1. <laughs> like, if, if Bitcoin 2 comes out and then Bitcoin 1 goes to a dollar... But isn't that why... <laughs> you just buy... Yeah, when you apply the same yeah. logic to Lunar then, like, when it was, like, a dollar, why did you True. buy it? So I think it was. Oh, I tell you why. I tell you why because um, Bitcoin's got like some history of of being cool or whatever. Yeah, Luna like history of Bitcoin's been around for a very long time, and yeah, um, it's always like I'm looking at the chart of Luna right now on a weekly scale, and it, you know, have you seen that meme <laughs> with like, um, where there's a guy who's like trying to buy a cryptocurrency, and no matter what he does, he always just loses money. Um, like there's a bunch of yeah them. because those two French brothers yeah right? the they just manipulate the market you know those two had died they died recently. it's pretty sad. and they also died um a week between each other I I believe that's sad so they died um one of them died December last year and the other one died early Jan this year it is sad I hope that the memes don't well, stop it's sad and they'll it's live nice, on right? like, they're immortal <laughs> they'll live sad. on they, they will live on. <laughs> um. It's it's kind of sad. It's also kind of nice because it's like they were twins, and you know, I, I guess they loved each other a lot because they hung out all the time. So it is. It's kind of nice, you know, when like an old couple dies around the same mm. time. I mean, 
Obviously, depending on the circumstances, not if it's like a double murder. <laughs> a murder-suicide or something. You're like, they died at the same time. How romantic. Um, yeah. Hey, I was, I was thinking about um, what you were saying. Um, you know, if you think a stock's going down... <laughs> Don't have to think like, about it. I can just look at the charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you... Yeah. But let's not not, uh, not crypto. But like, if you believe um, some company is going to zero, yeah. you can short it, yeah. right? But you never hold it until zero because, like, you know, if it's a hundred bucks and then you short it and then it goes um, to a dollar, goes to yeah. zero. Well, if it goes to, z- you don't want to, you don't want to hold it all the way to the end. Yeah, the return because risk profile is very different on shorting positions. It's very risky. Yeah, well, it's also because I, there's, there's this, like, really unfortunate situation where, like, if you think something's a scam, some company is a scam, yeah. then you short it. If it goes down to zero or it goes down to a dollar or whatever, if it loses 99%, yeah. then the exchange will actually... Um, yeah, and, and they'll also stop delist it and you won't be able to trade it anymore, right? Yeah. And so you won't be able to close out your short position... And you'll just have this short position that's just open. You'll have a short position with your broker, which is just perpetually open. And you have to pay fees on it. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Um, I read this article about um, people who shorted or hedge funds that shorted. And they've been paying um, short fees for like the last 10 years because they can't close out their position. That should. That feels I mean, like that should be illegal. Bullshit is that? Yeah, that should be against regulation or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it does, right? Like, it's 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 just incredible. Because, like, annoying. theoretically, a short position. I'm pretty sure it's like it's supposed to be. Although, like, maybe in practice, it's not working that way. Is like I think you're supposed to borrow the share of someone. Um, so theoretically, I think you should have the share. Um, you could just return it, <laughs> right? Um, or, like, I guess because it's been delisted, I, it, I don't know. Like, there's no one to return it to. Like, you can't return it to a market. Um, let me think. So, when you do that, you borrow it, sell it, and then... Yeah, you borrow and sell it. Buy one and return it. But because you can't... Because there's no market, you can't buy oh, it. Oh, sorry, yeah, you can't buy it back. That's a sorry. Problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you borrowed it, you sold it, so you're giving it back to the market. Now you're holding like USD or something, and then the price drops, and then you're supposed to buy it back. But because it's delisted, you can't buy it back. But that sounds actually like really, that's really really bad on the side of the exchange because I think that should basically be an impossible scenario. I think they should force closed positions. So like, I, I tell you why that happens. It's because shorting is not in, in traditional finance. Shorting is not an exchange provided service. It's actually something that the brokers provide. Right. So I think that the shorting functionality is actually something you get from the brokers, and then the brokers will all have their different rules for shorting. Um, you just still think there should be some practice where you can get access. I mean, it, it, to it's the, totally unfair, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, you just have to pay your broker fees forever. You know, five hundred bucks a month every month for the rest of your life. Even though you did a perfect what do short, they give right? You? Like you pulled off. Like yeah, and what do they give you? Oh, they give you nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's not fair. it feels like there should be a way around that. Um, you should be able... Uh, try to find the... Art. It's a funny article. Try to find it. Um, I think I saw something... A similar article zero. relative to that. It was something like... 
This guy shorted it down 99%. It got delisted. And then it went off market. Like, I think... Um, there, I think the company was something like... It was going to get bought out or something, right? Like, as far as, like, closing out the shares to get delisted. I think they were just going to buy out all the outstanding shares at whatever the market price was, but it had been delisted. So they did, like, an off... They just said whatever the last price was. And at the very last tick, someone a whale came in and just, like, pumped the price. Like, <laughs> like 20x. Um, and so then the company just basically came out and bought all the shares out at that price. And this person shorting, like, lost... Like, basically got liquidated. Even though they did a perfect short. Because of, like... Um, <laughs> this, like, weird rule. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't shorted anything to zero before because I think I was thinking the same thing with Luna because Luna got delisted off a lot of exchanges um, they're still yep. on some but the nice thing about crypto is you can you can always get it somewhere like well not always but um, there will be somewhere but that's get, not like, the problem the problem is like what you said right which is you generally when you're doing any kind of form of like margin trading oh, like yeah. especially on exchanges yep. that capital is locked in that exchange so true I would like to imagine, like, because I think I've been on exchanges where they've told me, like, I get notifications and they'll be like, we're, we're delisting this thing, you have to, like, close all your positions. Like, especially if they have margin or something. Like, even if you don't have it, I think they're just broadcasting it to everyone. Um, and maybe they just forcibly close you, like a market close, when they delist. Um, yeah, it's just... You know, I, I was also thinking about something um, which I think is quite a big problem and I remember, like, about six months ago, or probably even longer ago, maybe nine months ago, Jason and I were working on a arbitrage bot. Oh, yeah. So it would like see bitcoins like a hundred bucks here and two hundred bucks on some other place. So you would buy it for a hundred and sell it on the other place for two hundred bucks, and you should make a hundred bucks when you do that yeah. if you buy one bitcoin. Um, and the reason this is like something that also exists in traditional finance. So you can do it on like on multiple exchanges where they offer the same products or even similar products. But um, I think it'd be really hard on like traditional finance. I haven't looked at it, but like the fees and like, I think like settlement times, like it'd be really hard to do with traditional finance. Yeah. I I would say it's definitely a lot harder because you're playing against like the margins are always tighter in traditional finance and, You'll be playing against people with like maybe trillions of yeah. dollars. Maybe not trillions, but billions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Um, this... And really powerful computers and this kind yeah. of stuff. Whereas in crypto, um, the reason there may be more opportunities is because there are so many exchanges. Mm. I, and DeFi, right? I don't right? know how many there There's are. Like def- you can... Yeah, well, you count that as an exchange as well. But there yeah. are so many venues where you could buy a Bitcoin and sell a Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, how many would you say there I are? I don't know. Like, how many would you trust, like, putting capital on versus, like, how many yeah. are actually out there? Um, I think we had that discussion a little bit. It was just like, yeah, because there's definitely no, I some... Think, I was thinking about this today because um, a friend of mine saw a big price difference on some exchange and he said, oh, this is a really good opportunity yeah. to do arbitrage. And then we looked at it a bit closer. Yeah. And... <laughs> the exchange is just yes, down, yeah. right? So, um, it's you would say if you wanted to make money doing arbitrage, if you're a new player, you would 
you, sh you can't really go after the big exchanges, right? You wouldn't go after the top two, three, four exchanges because you know there's other arbitragers there and they will have bigger... They'll be trading larger yeah. volumes and so they'll get less lower yeah. fees. And they might even have like special deals with the exchanges so their fees are like yeah. even lower. <laughs> and if the fees are even lower, then they can make money on like tighter price dislocations, yeah. price changes. So, okay, don't go for the big exchanges. Then what do you do? You could go for like one Mickey Mouse exchange <laughs> and then one big boy exchange, right? Um, and... Okay, maybe that works, but then you're taking on... If you're trading with a Mickey Mouse exchange, that's risky, yeah. right? Uh, and and so you you have... I, I would say if you're going new into this, you have to be figure out a way to work safely with these risky exchanges, which might not be possible. I think there's, um, there was other things that we hadn't explored because we were, we were just exploring some very safe cases, I think. Um well, we were exploring, yeah, the most simple one, which is just spot and, you know, um, big coins like BTC, Bitcoin. Because I had made an arbitrage bot previously that did make money. And that was between, like, a big centralized exchange and a DeFi protocol. Um, yes. And, yeah, there's, there's lots of, like, other little ways to do things. Um like, because one of the big problems is when you execute a trade on one side, like, say, like, if you think of, like, really simple arbitrage, it was, like, say, Bitcoin's, like, use an outrageous example. Say it's, like, $10,000 on one exchange and $20,000 on another. So you want to buy it yep. at $10,000 on one exchange and take it to the other exchange to sell for $20,000 and make $10,000. So it sounds really great yep. in practice, but generally, like, the spreads or the price difference is, like, really tight. So, like, if you would take into account the fees of, like, buying it on one exchange, transferring it, and then selling it again, even if the prices didn't move, almost all the time, it's not profitable to do so, like, as a retail investor uh, or arbitrage guy. As Angus is saying, like, if you want one of these whales, potentially you're, maybe you even have a deal with the exchange where you have no fees or basically zero fees, and so they can trade at, like, 0.1% profit margins, Um and then you have the problem with execution, like especially with Bitcoin, you have that um, block time, and especially like exchanges have um, confirmations of that, so it might they might make you wait like a good half hour plus for your funds to arrive. Um, that's mm -hmm. even if the exchange doesn't accidentally like block withdrawals or some things, which creates like weird price mechanics and disconnects. Um, yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh I think that's one really big problem when you're if you're if you're operating if you're writing an ARB bot, you need to know is this a you need to know this, the health of the exchange mm. and whether you know if if let's say there's like a hack on an exchange and you see a price a big price change you still probably wouldn't want to trade there right because you you know if you put money into it and you do the trade. Usually um, a bot's not going to detect that too, right? It's just like it's just going to see a price dislocation. And it's programmed to go after it. Um. Yes, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, there's so many exchanges out there, and there will be situations where, um, like with, with Luna, you could say, you know, when when Luna was like going to zero, there were probably lots of arbitrage. Oh, there must have been amazing arbitrage opportunities. <laughs> um. But you probably still wouldn't do it because um, 
it moves too fast, and you know, um, I don't know. Um, you don't want to hold any. Well, that's Luna what I was that, in that thinking. Like, I think you can kind of get away. With, like, some of this is just execution risk. I, th- I don't know if we talked about this. Um, is there are ways to like mitigate a lot of this risk? So, like, say you could have um, when you first start out you buy Luna on exchange and simultaneously take a short position on it, so you're, like, neutral to its price movement. Um, and then you could put, say, like, half of that Luna on two exchanges, and as a price dislocation happens, yeah. uh, or, like, half that Luna on those exchanges and half, like, a USD amount. And so it didn't matter which one, like, which way you were going to buy and sell, because that's important, right? So whichever way the price dislocation happened and most centralized exchanges execute trades like extremely quickly um Mm. so you're probably talking like under like 100 milliseconds for an execution i think you can like really reduce your um your risk there like because essentially like as soon as you see a price dislocation like say like yeah lunar's dropping like 40 percent a day you could potentially there was a chance like sometimes where it was like really out of whack and like you can tune your arbitrage bot for like certain thresholds because this is the other thing I was going to mention even with Bitcoin on the bigger exchanges you still might be able to get away with arbitrage because I think like the big whales they're like so used to eating into like these small arbitrage scenarios like very small percentages but as the market gets like Mm. extremely volatile like ETH or something dropped like 20% or something in a day I think even those guys are struggling they just don't have the capital to normalize the market right like that quickly they'll absorb oh I see because yeah yeah they absorb the initial blow and then even they're having trouble like they just don't like they're like renormalizing they're transferring capital everywhere to try and like keep up so even if you're a small fish it just means like you won't be able to take every event, but the most volatile events, they'll still be... Like, you actually get a, juicy, a juicier part of the pie. Like, instead of their, like the big hedge funds or whatever with these very small bites they'll take, is maybe they're making, like, 0.1% on every trade, but they get, you know, a couple of hundred trades a day or something. Um, whereas maybe you get one trade every, like, two or three months, but they're, like, 5% or something mm. crazy. Um, and that's, like... Well, I, mean, I going back to the Luna example, I would think, you know, if if you notice that Luna's going to, or you know, Luna's going down massively, um, and it's depegged or whatever, you kind of probably don't want to hold any Luna, right? Like, I know if you're arbing, you know, you're supposed to just be dumb, but if you if you have some High, uh, you know, strong signal that is it's depegged and the whole thing's going to go yep. to zero. Um, you would probably want to liquidate your Luna and then just stop trading some arbing Luna USD or whatever, right? I think you. So you're saying because that you'd have to buy the Luna on one exchange and send it to the other in the transmission time is your risk? Is that what you're saying? Or because uh, I'm saying like while you're transferring it, so you can get around that by taking out an, a short position. So, like, when you buy it on one exchange, you take the equivalent short position on another exchange on Lunar. So you're, like, delta neutral on the Lunar. Um, I think this is why futures also became pretty big, maybe. Like, while spot, maybe you might have that problem with borrowing as much. I don't think you have that problem as much with futures. I could be wrong. Um, 
but yeah. The, yeah, I, 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 I guess I was thinking of like the more. I'm, I was just thinking about the, the simple, simple case. Yeah, the simple case. Yeah, yeah, where it's like you're you're not using futures, you're just doing all in spot, and then because of that, you have USD. You have either you will have some Luna hanging around, yeah. right? You'll have some of you'll have some USD and some Luna, it's, and it will be on like either Exchange A or yeah. Exchange B. Um, That's too scary. But I guess if you're doing it with futures and but I mean it's uh, not. I, it doesn't really matter if you do it with futures or not. It's just the point that because the same problem exists if you have it with Bitcoin, is the idea is like you have a price dislocation, and if you don't have your capital on both exchanges at the same time, you're you're um you're at the mercy of whatever the you can't execute yeah like the yeah. trans trans um transmission times of moving the tokens between the exchanges yep, yep. um. And so, like, if you want to do it instantly, which is, like, then you don't have a temporal risk of, like, the tri- the price moving against you. So, um, yeah, maybe, like, you bought it at $10,000 and you saw it at $20,000. By the time it got to the exchange, it was, like, $9,000. You actually just lost $1,000. Like, arbitrage is supposed to be, like, a really safe trading thing. Like, it's not supposed to make, like, lots of money. It's not supposed to be glorious. Um mm. And I think there are ways you could do that. Like, so even in that Bitcoin case, right? Like, if you bought it at ten thousand dollars on one exchange, and even if you didn't want to do like split the capital between exchanges, if there was like on that exchange or any other exchange, as you bought the ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, you took out a short position of ten thousand dollars on another exchange, and then when it got to the other one, if it was down a thousand dollars, you still have like the equivalent long position and short position so you're not like going to lose your thousand dollars you'll just break even minus whatever fees are um so yeah i think i kind of so so what that that short position you get out is during the the movement of the funds is that yeah it's just like so anytime you're buying something that you don't actually want to hold like at any point you just like if you buy something and you don't want to actually be um, affected by its price movements. So, like, as an arbitrage person, you don't care what token you're moving, right? You don't believe in the long-term or even short-term price movements. Like, as an arbitrage person, you're not trying to guess what it's about to do in the future, right? Like, you're not looking at charts or making any predictions. Usually, you're just saying, yep. the price is this right now on two different exchanges, um, and how can I do that in, like as quickly as possible with, like, minimal time difference? I don't want to be impacted by this. And so, it's like, Yep. But because you have to buy Lunar in order to achieve that price difference, you can at a similar time take out a short position to protect yourself. So it's like if prices do move against you during the time you're transferring it, um, yeah. Would it be during the time you're transferring it, or is it? It's just, just as soon as you buy while it. You're yeah, holding it's Lunar. anytime you're holding Lunar, right? Yeah, it's not about moving. It's it's just because if you're running this bot, it might be, um, you know, it might be running for years, right? Yeah. So. Does that mean you have a short position open? This no, you just just when, when you you're holding it, it, right? So as soon as like you buy lunar, you like you bought a hundred lunar yeah, and then you would short a hundred. You, you lunar. will like have lunar for ages, right? No, but as said, like what if like it gets stuck on that exchange? Like they pause withdrawals, right? Um, yeah, and they pause trading on that pair, and you're stuck with a hundred lunar on that exchange, and it's like the price is dropping. Like you could lose like a shit ton of capital. Um, and yeah. it's just like by holding a short position in this other exchange, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if Lunar drops like 90% now, like you'll just make 
you'll make up whatever loss on your spot position on the like paused exchange. Like assuming at some point that you'll be able to exchange that lunar or withdraw it. Like if it's always frozen on that exchange, then it's kind of dead money. Um, well, I was thinking of a different solution. Yeah. So yeah, your solution is you have a short position. Okay. I guess that works. Another way you could do it is you could say, um, you, you could build the service, like an API or whatever, that tells you when strange events are occurring on various exchanges or various pairs, right? So if you're an ARB bot, you might um, subscribe to this service and say, I want to be notified about anything that happens on these exchanges or these pairs. And the service might say, oh, it looks like Luna's depegged, mm. right? Um, then as the ARB bot, you can just say, okay, just leave it alone. I'm ARBing Luna, mm. or but I'm, sca I'm scared because of this thing I just received. So I'm going to liquidate. I'm going to get out of it. Um, so I think that it's not really a solution because you might miss events or whatever, right? And yeah, but I do think something like that could be pretty useful to people writing our bots because they need to know about oh, you know, this exchange has has paused uh, withdrawals. I'm not so I'm not going to arb against it anymore, right? Because it's stupid. Because um, it might be going to zero. They might have stolen all the money. So there's no point trying to send orders to it because it's effectively down. Yeah, right? I think because usually your bot is acting like really, really quickly. Like these ARB events usually don't last that long. They're very small windows. Um, and so you see a price differential, you generally jump on it. And I would think that mm -hmm. if there's a service, like especially if it's a person sitting there, they probably have to do some mm -hmm. investigation into it and it'll probably be like a couple of minutes at least um, before they would flag a, like an exchange or a pair or something. Um, yes, they, they would. you're right. There would be a delay, but it does stop you from... Your bot has probably already uh, executed the trade by that point, or attempting to. Yeah, true. Um, true, true, true. Or it should be if it's working correctly. I think, like, what I was thinking when I was writing mine at the time was, like, I set a threshold. Like, if anything looked too delicious, I kind of just told it not to go after it. Um, yep. Because it's yeah, so if it was like over a five percent, like on. price differential, I'm just like, don't touch it. Um, and then you like just slowly add the pairs that you are interested in, like trading, like the bigger coins, and like on like trusted exchanges. Um, the one that I I ran into over and over again when I ran mine uh, was um, was not so much that we're getting hacked. I don't think I actually had any. There was one exchange that I was on that I almost had my funds on that got hacked and got closed down. That was a bit scary. But for the most part, even the shadier ones were, f like, they're actually fine. And in those cases, I think mm. we talked about a strategy of dealing with those, which is, like, um, instead of doing, like, big lot, um, just don't put a lot of capital on them, essentially. Or, like, if, a, yep. if an opportunity is available for a larger window, um, I think this is something that happened with, like, DeFi and a centralized exchange is like say you have like a hundred dollars like just do like incremental like buys of like five dollars so you only have a, at one point have five dollars on that exchange right so even mm -hmm. in the worst case scenario that they completely shut it down or freeze your capital you only lose the five dollars um it's a bit inefficient like especially like if the time windows on arbitrage are very small but sometimes these arbitrage opportunities last for minutes and that's okay 
because your bot can come in, buy a bit, and then leave, and then put in another five, and like have like a kind of round robin situation going. Um, I still think the best case is like if you can. It's, sometimes you can identify reoccurring arbitrage opportunities. Like if you do it long enough, you'll see the same one come up over and over and over again. Like one exchange is always like the lower, the other exchange is the higher. And you split your capital already in like ready for it, and it can instantly yep. like execute it. Um, and especially if you have yep. that like short position as well, um, and then you have almost like no risk of execution in that way. Like because you're not you don't have to worry about if like the withdrawal is frozen or anything, right? As long as you can trade, and the trade goes through, and the price doesn't move, um, like you're able to execute everything, like close a short position open it and close it uh, all at the correct prices. Did I tell you I had like there was one of the weirdest problems I had like there are problems when you write these art bots or like at least trading things that you don't even think of I'm not going to name the exchange but there was an exchange I was using that their API information on the price was just wrong right? Like so you know how like Bitcoin right now is like 21k yeah. Like, it wouldn't even occur to you that, like, if you're pulling the price information out of an exchange, that it'd be, like, it's 30k. Like, what do you actually do with that? Like, your art bot is going to think that's a massive opportunity. It goes in yep. and tries to buy it for 20k. And it's just, like, fail, fail, fail. <laughs> right? Um, yes. And you're like, yeah. why is it failing? It says the price is, like, 20k. And you're like, no, it's, like, 30. Um, yeah, so that's, like, a really weird scenario. I only ever encountered that once. Um, but like that's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that will—I mean—that will happen if you're trading these um shitty exchanges. I yeah, I was—I was just kind of thinking like when we—I uh, was thinking back to the art bot today because um I think it looks like there will be good art opportunities with all this like shit volatility. Volatility is really good. Yeah, for all this volatility. Yeah, yeah, but. I remember when I was monitoring the Arbot, um, there didn't seem to be many opportunities. No, very patient. And game. I kind of thought, I kind of thought, well, there would be more on the weird pairs, and there would be more on the, you know, dodgy exchanges. Um, I think even like I, like I think I've been um, recording all the pairs. Um, or a lot of the bigger pairs for the last year or year and a half, I think. I have to go and check. Hopefully that's still recording all that information. Um, yeah, because at some point, like, we have to go and look at that, right, and see, like, what kind of oper- arbitrage opportunities we could have missed. Because um, I think that, like, I, I really wonder, like, even, say, the big, really big exchanges, like, say, look at Binance and Coinbase and see how much Bitcoin and, like, ETH dislocated between those two because that would give you an indication mm-hmm. to like how much even the whales like the whale arbitrage bots are like struggling to keep up with the volatility like I just think like yep. ETH dropping 20% in a day like like the the volume of USD traded on some of these exchanges is like over a billion dollars um, on just like a single pair like BTC USD or something right uh, like, that's a lot of money <laughs> like uh, yes. flowing through that pair um. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
yeah, because it, it's definitely like because we're in a crypto bear market, right? And I'm actually like, in some ways, like more comfortable with the bear markets. It's kind of like where I was born in cryptocurrency. Um, when did you? I bought in at the when? top of 2018, so I just like <laughs> I just it's got wrecked. Top of 20, okay, so early 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think oh, it was late 2017. Yeah, I bought Q1 2018 as well. Or it was late 20. It's just before the bull market ended. Very much. Before I bought it. some Bitcoin at 10. Yeah, I, I bought it at 10. I didn't buy much. I bought like one Bitcoin at ten. I was doing what you were talking about earlier, where it's like that newbie who just bought altcoins, and I didn't know what I was doing. It's just like I think I started with Bitcoin. I got bored with it because it wasn't going, as you said, it wasn't going up as much as other things. I got like Litecoin and ETH, and then I sold those, and I just like got like more and more regressive in the stuff I was buying, which mostly like ended up dying because I bought right at the end of the bull market. Um, what was you know that like EOS back in 2018 it was just coins right we had an ICO craze I, I didn't it, get into um, yeah but th- th- I mean it was all just coins now there's so much stuff like yes a lot of new chains you know, that have come up this cycle like yeah Binance have done their own, um, blockchain it's like earning pools and then there's it's a lot of you can stake yes. You know, ETH 2.0. A lot of it feels more legitimate this round, round it. right? Like we still got like <laughs> our own NFT garbage, and we have our own like altcoins. It's more legitimate, I suppose, but it's so much, so much more complicated. Yeah, like I think it's so complicated that you know, back then, 2018, it was possible to know almost everything that was going on in crypto land. Not everything, but you know, the main things, maybe. If somebody, yeah, if like if you got a hundred questions about crypto you probably got it wouldn't be too hard to be able to answer all of them whereas now <laughs> good you know good luck there's so many projects going on like there's people making um decentralized gambling protocols mm. and there's insurance companies and there's derivatives and there's um lending and staking and then there's what are these things like bridges like yeah so you can move usdt between different blockchains and then, okay, so how does that work? Like you know, like, how, how does a bridge work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like, you know, Stake Deeth, which... Have you, did you follow the Celsius? Or have you been following um, what's going on I with know Celsius? they paused withdrawals, and I think their token has more or less collapsed, right? And it looks like, from yeah. all the commentary, they've, they're basically bankrupt. Um, I don't think they've officially... Yeah, Not they haven't yet. officially said they are, right? So there's one big, very bad thing that could happen to them. Right. So I believe what they do. I'm not too sure what they. I think it's like a, it's like a interest thing, right? So if you put in money at Celsius, yeah. you get an interest rate, and I think it's quite high. I, I it was like it was six or eight percent was the standard. Percent. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. There was Pretty a lot nice. of these so companies offering that product, and Celsius, I think, was yes. One of the biggest. Celsius is the biggest. It was it's, the biggest. I think it is the biggest. Right. Or maybe it's the second biggest because I think next moment. Might be I was bigger. thinking BlockFi. Um, I think if it's not bigger, it, I got the feeling that it was more um, authentic or something, right? But anyway, Celsius is big and it's a lending like company. Yep. But do you know? Do you know what they did and and what the big danger is with Celsius um, that hasn't happened? I yet? don't know specifically. Why? I just got the impression they must have been leveraged. They were exposed to the market in some way when they shouldn't have been. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, what what happened was um, you can put your ETH in um, 
Celsius and they give you 8%. But what are they doing with that? They take that ETH and they they're they're using they're, they're trading that ETH for a DeFi product called Staked yeah. ETH, right? Which is like oh, um for Ethereum 2.0, yeah. you can stake your Ethereum and then once Ethereum goes to 2.0, uh, you get the new Ethereum and you also get an interest rate. And I think the interest rate is pretty good. It's like 2 or 3%. Yeah. But, but Celsius is giving you 8%. So what they're doing is th- there's this company that will <laughs> represent your stake ETH with a new token, yeah. right? So that company, if you give them ETH, they'll give you the staked ETH thing, yeah. right? And then that represents your coin that's been staked on Ethereum. Do you know which company so they were staking with? Because I think I know of three of them that were doing that. It's D something. I, re- I forgot D. what it's called, but it's one of them. But then after that, you get staked right. ETH. And then um, what they did next is they, Celsius, deposited uh, that staked ETH inside um, MakerDAO. So then... They're taking um USDC position a, or something. A die position. Well, I think Baker does die. They, they deposit their stake teeth and then they get some collateral and they use that to buy something else. Right. Um, but or no wait, I think they deposit the e. Yeah. To get I think it's die. It doesn't make more stake teeth. That's it. I think they went to die and they they get the stake. Oh, and they leverage. Basically, it. they've got this massive yeah. position with um. With Dai, Maker Dai, Maker Dao, whatever yeah. it's called, and if Bitcoin drops hard enough, yeah. if Bitcoin drops to fifteen thousand, but that's an ETH that position, right? So to be that should be ETH. That's an ETH. Position, that should be yeah. ETH related, then, not Bitcoin. Yeah. No, I think it's for some reason it's Bitcoin related. I don't know. But why. The, like um, we're talking about the I, ETH I'm, ecosystem I'm, here. Um, yeah, but people, what people have been doing is like they've been monitoring this this massive uh, loan that. Celsius I has. I think you can mint with die DAO. with also wrapped Bitcoin. So they could have done that if they had like yes. Bitcoin. So maybe they're taking the ETH. They took the ETH. They minted die, and they also took the Bitcoin, wrapped it, put it on the ETH blockchain, and then also created die out of that. But even that's that's only problematic okay. if you're like minting too much die, right? Like actually, yeah. Why are you minting die in the first place? Like, um, why would like they're a lending protocol? They shouldn't yeah, be doing that. Um, let me find. Well, yeah. Let me find the thread to um, figure out what they did. Celsius. I'm just saying. Like, okay, Celsius. so they get all this die. I guess what they could do is then take that die and just go and buy more ETH and then put it back into the protocol. And. But then you're just leveraged long against ETH. That means they're like... Yeah, they're not really a lending... That's why I was always confused when some of these exchanges and like lending protocols go down. Because I'm like, I think if you do the job right, it should be basically risk-free. Because um, you just get to harvest the like the fees and the interest differentials. Um, so when they collapse, I'm like... You either got hacked, you executed incorrectly, or you were basically kind of doing something really shady in the back end where you took everyone's money and you started to play in the market. 
with other people's funds, which it sounds like what they were doing. Um, no, I don't think they did that. I think what what they did was um like all automated and, and no dodgy like playing around. But well, then how they lose? I it, think there was yeah. I think they thought something was like something was safer than it was. I, I think one th- one big problem is um ETH and Stake ETH used to trade one to one for some reason. Yeah, but it stopped trading. One- it doesn't make sense. Like Stake ETH is like something you can't get until ETH two point comes, and I think that's like. A, at least a year. I away. trade a lot of staked so ETH. Um, I really like this trading pair, um, and the one on Binance. There's one on FTX, and there's a Lido pair. But I think they're generally not too far away from one-to-one relationship, because it's more or less like just a confidence in like um, how confident people are about ETH 2.0, right? Like, because if you think ETH 2.0, like if that if that gets canned, right? If it's never going to happen, then you'll never get your stake ETH. So that would drop to zero. But as long as there's faith in it, and a pretty high faith, then that should be close to one-to-one. Other than, like, say, just general market gyrations, where people think they want to lock up their ETH for, like, four years or something, and then they're like, no, actually, I hate this market, like, volatility. Let me out. Um, And they sell it at a loss. Okay, I found the thread. So... The guy says um, two things they did wrong. One is they're using um, decentralized leverage via MakerDAO, I guess. And the other thing is they're using stake teeth. So um, people can deposit wrapped um, BTC. And... Yeah, so it says Celsius offered so, robust y- yields on ETH. ETH staking on Ethereum's proof of stake beacon offers 4.2%, and ETH yields on iron finance 0.2%. So, how do you get 8% from that? Um, turns out the absolute mad lads at Celsius were using an ETH derivative called staked ETH to pump up their headline yield and attract more investors. So, staked ETH is a product by Lido Finance. It stands for liquid staked ETH and is one of the most... Uh, it allows anyone to earn staking yields without running staking interest. I think I'm familiar with Lido, and I think they're actually pretty legit. I'm looking at the price of Lido staked ETH at the moment, and it's still more or less in line with all the other staked ETH product. So I don't... Like, if they were... If that was the reason Celsius had collapsed, because this... Basically, you're saying like the peg between no. stake teeth. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with stake no. teeth. It's just they use stake teeth, which comes with like, you know, a percentage yeah. or a nice yield. Okay, cool. So you get around 4%. Then um, stake teeth already earns a staking yield, but it can also be lent yeah. out or liquidity provisioned. A common strategy is to provide liquidity of the curve finance to enhance staked ETH yields. The unfortunate trade-off with staked ETH, while it can be traded for ETH on the open market, it cannot be redeemed for ETH. Yeah. At least not until the chain merges, yeah. right? So Celsius bought a bunch of staked ETH, which can't be redeemed for ETH, uh, which can't be redeemed until six to twelve months after the merge, and the merge hasn't happened. Yeah. Now to kick this all off, staked ETH is no longer trading one-to-one with ETH. So they bought something for one dollar that's now worth zero point nine six. But that's fine. Um, so why is this causing a problem? Oh, because I, I think it's causing a problem because stuff's going down and people are withdrawing. Right. Okay. Um, so 
So you say, okay, I want to get out of, um, what's this thing called? Celsius. Or I want money out of Celsius. You pull right. it out. Um, and, you know, your, your, your ETH position has gone down. Your ETH position has gone down, you know, 4% because staked ETH is like lower. So Celsius, uh, I think the guy kind of explains it. Celsius has four, uh, 600 million of staked ETH and there's only 143,000 ETH in the staked ETH to ETH curve pool. Furthermore, they got billion in combined li- liabilities across multiple assets and protocols. Celsius owned, opened up a bunch of loans. They took user deposits and traded them for staked ETH. They now owe a lot of money and don't have the reserves to pay them back. Yeah. So, But that doesn't. That actually sounds like way, way better than I thought it was. I thought they lost... Like, if they haven't been liquidated, that's not that bad. Um, like, essentially, they'll just have... To they, yeah, they... they, they uh, if, if Bitcoin goes down hard enough, they will get liquidated, and it's, like, not even uh, debatable because they borrowed the money from MakerDAO, right? Which is, like, you know, defile, so you can't stop it from liquidating you. True. I was thinking, you know, if... if is anyone, like, incentivized to push the price down so that Celsius does get liquidated? Um... I guess you would be if you're short Bitcoin. I have whatever, seen right? arguments w- like there. I've seen some whale discussions around this, like around some of the bigger market volatility moves. Like I think if you have enough cash, like and you see something like an opportunity like that, it's kind of like someone made a similar argument when like um, uh, what's um the big Bitcoin proponent guy company guy who. Uh, MicroStrategy guy, right? When he started buying millions, he basically put a floor under the mm. market, right? And people were saying, like, what he should have done at that time is also take out, like, a massive, like, option, like, call position. A put option? Like, well, call, because he was pushing the market up, right? Like, he knew the market was not okay. going to fall. Yeah. Like, he was the floor, true, right? True, um, true. True, true, And he knew, like, he should have known that he was going to be the floor of the market, like, any time it would give him anything. He just absorbed it like a vacuum. Um, and then he basically... That's true. ...caused like a mini, like... or a, a pretty big rally in Bitcoin. And it's the same thing. Like, if you think you could cause a massive liquidation event, like, potentially if you knew, say, like, Luna was going to collapse, right? You start to see it depeg, and you understood what that would mean for the general crypto community. That's where you start to take out, like, put options and stuff, right? Like, Yep. And... That's like you just noticing it, but say theoretically, if you saw Lunar and you saw it, it was like kind of tentative, and you knew like you had enough capital that you could push it over the edge and cause it to go like, like break the protocol and it go to zero. If you took out a put position on that, like that's <laughs> the, the capital incentive for you to do so is insane, right? Like imagine taking a yep. full like leveraged put position against like. Um, against Lunar from, like, $120 to zero. Like, mm. you'd, like, 10, 20x, 100x your pro- portfolio, like, so easily. Um, there's a lot of money to be made in the bear markets as well as, like, um, bull markets. It's just a matter of being on the right side of things. Um, it's scarier in the bear markets because it's, like, that's when... It's just, yeah. Um, it's, it's scary because, like, venues would go down and... Um, you know, you could even imagine something like Make a Dow 
you know, falling apart. Mega Dower has gone through a couple of points of... Like, they've been tested for quite a while, I think. Like, at least from my opinion, mm. it feels like they've matured a lot. Though, this time around, from the last cycle, I think you could only... I think in 2018, or whenever they were first around, earlier days, you could only mint die, I think, with ETH. And now I think you can mint it with a whole bunch of other stuff, which potentially they've... I, I'm kind of a believer in that, like, mentality. It's like, simplicity is best a lot of the time. Um, like, yep. especially these DeFi protocols, I was just like, look, maybe you would trust, like, Compound or something. Like, the ones that aren't as edgy or new, actually, I would trust them more. Like, the same reason I think that bear markets, I feel, actually push people closer to, like, ETH and Bitcoin, because, like, especially Bitcoin, because you see all these, like, other tokens collapse. You see all these scams and all these other things, and it's just, like, people lose faith in them. Like, it doesn't matter if you are on Celsius and you're getting an 8% return... If you can't get your stuff out, like you make a loss of a hundred percent, and Celsius was pretty well represented, I think, like as we were both saying, right? Like they were really big, they were considered fairly trustworthy. Um, so it puts a lot of doubt in the future of like lending your stuff to these exchanges, or at least lending platforms. Um, Yeah, I'm wondering if it's really that bad for... Maybe I have to read up more about Celsius then. Because if it's just a staked ETH issue, like, I don't think the peg is that far off. Like, say it's 4% off. Um, oh, I guess the thing is it depends on how much dye they minted with it, does it? No. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I have to see what pairs they're doing. Because if they're going to be liquidated and they're unable to unroll those positions... See, that's what I mean. Like, if you're at risk of being liquidated, that means you're kind of... You're um, exposed to the market, right? Like, price movements. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that would be the basic thing whenever you're, like, creating these positions for any kind of trader. Like, especially the bigger ones, like uh, like Celsius, right? They would have walked through that chain and they'd be like... Like, you know, bear markets and crypto are not, like, unknown. Like, the, everyone knows these yeah. things happen. It's like, Bitcoin is going to drop 80 90%, 95% or something. I think ETH dropped 95% last cycle. Um, and we're down 80%. I, I think another reason they had this problem was because, um, you know, if you want to play this super safe, you um, you just keep keep the thing simple and and and, you know, make sure you're think about everything very carefully. So you might just say, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, you might do something really simple like make stake yeah. ETH, right? And then how can you lose money? And, and the customers know what they're doing so they know they're locked up for whatever. But then if you want to get bigger yields and still be safe, like, you know, they, they, they probably thought, yeah, this is still safe, you know, we, we can get bigger yields and whatever. And they probably also had a lot of ETH or a lot of cash set aside or USDT or whatever set aside um, but I think a few months ago they were also hacked and they lost a whole bunch of money through like some sort of right. know, some sort of hack so you, you know it's quite hard to do something like this and just be really safe and also 
attract people to use your thing, right? Like, why would I go to Celsius when I can get, you know, why would I go to Nexpo if they give me four percent, whereas Celsius it seems like the same product and give me eight percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a couple that offer like the eight percent. Then now I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> I don't trust them. Um, Man, I've got this Coinbase wallet, and like, do they offer <laughs> anything so like on yields? They, yeah, the wallet's got like, you know, it's it's not it's a bit more than a wallet. So they uh, they have trading stuff hooked up, which I haven't really touched. And they have like links to different DeFi products, and there's like some headline on the DeFi link saying, um, "Earn up to seventy percent APR yeah, with this DeFi is crazy. products." Crazy, like seventy, like <laughs> come oh, you on. think that's bad? If, Let me. Oh, what was I looking at? Like I'm on. I I would say anything <laughs> above ten is is suspicious. Okay. Right? I got. I went to Bitfinex right now. I'm looking at their funding rates, right? Um, yeah. Have a guess at what the highest interest rate you can get on a token. I know. I know some of these are ridiculous. <laughs> like they're they're at like um fifty thousand oh, okay. APR. Yeah, right? well, it's not on Bitfinex. Um, their top one on Bitfinex is Axies. They're offering 500% per annum at the moment. It's just like, yeah, okay, maybe, I guess um, they have a different... Axes? How, how do you get, wait, so how does that, how does that, what, how does that you work? Mean, like, what do you... you put in like 100 axes, and then after a year, you have 500 axes. <laughs> so it's oh, okay. like denominated in, in that token, right? Um, yeah, yeah, so... And usually... That's not so great, because you don't want that shit yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, I was actually thinking about using this as like an inverse. Um, like this is really good for bear market kind of stuff, because like say in the bull market you can get really good yields on like stablecoin stuff, um, because everyone's going long, right? Everyone's borrowing U.S. dollars to buy Bitcoin and ETH and all the other alt altcoins. Um, whereas if you're um, in a bear market, what you'll see is like the yields on the USD drop because everyone's closing their leverage positions. No one's borrowing USD anymore. But what you'll start to see is the the APR or the yields on like the coin, like the cryptocurrencies, go up because everyone's shorting, <laughs> right? So this this five hundred percent that's because everyone wants to borrow axes to short it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you could have your 500% (laughs) driving this thing into the ground. Yeah, enjoy your axes, dickhead. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, the interest rate on Lira is, you know, 400%. I'm looking at it. I'm going to have so much Turkish Liras. Hey, I sent you a link that I think you might find quite interesting. It's it's a website my friend made, and it it kind of collects um, cash and carry. It analyzes cash and carry oh, trades and gives you some really ideas. That's really good because yeah, mine is basically dead. I was thinking about taking it off because there's no interest in it. Actually, the the premium went negative, um, which I thought was pretty good. Um, right. Uh, well, because yeah, you can have. Oh, you just go the other way. Yeah, right? yeah. So instead of offering, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you would make interest, um, you're gonna lose it. Um, so it's basically just like. That was the first time I'd seen it go negative on ETH. Um, hmm. So what's that called? It's called the backwardation. I think so, right? yeah. And the other one's Contango, yeah, yeah. if it's positive. Contango, it's basically. Yeah. I think they, they do forwardation and backward. Maybe it's I not forwardation. Remember. Where did they... How did they come up with these fucking I don't know. Um, but I really liked it because I think... At one point, I think it was like 20% or something. Was the interest, like the premium, the APR. 
So it was like, I was thinking like the most I could make was like 20% because that was like, because you, with futures and cash and carry, you lock in that interest rate essentially. Mm. Um, mm. But I actually made more than that because it went negative, right? <laughs> it's not 20% to zero. It was 20% to like minus two. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. sweet. <laughs> the extra 2% interest that I got from it going negative. So it means actually, like, it's actually kind of cool because if you wanted to buy, that means you would buy the futures because that means they're discounted, right? Relative to spot. Um, so, like, say if, like, if you use, like, throwing down, like, if it was a negative 10% premium, it means you could buy ETH futures for 10% cheaper on the futures market than you could on, like, spot, which is kind of cool. Yes. I really like that yep. idea. Um, when I feel like it's time to buy... Um, I think I mentioned before, I almost, I was very tempted to try and catch a knife at 10.30, and I might try it again, actually. Um, What's it at 11.20. It's like, it's sitting in the middle of a place that I don't want to touch it. Um, I want to buy it. I, I, I'm, it's like recorded. I'm like, people will be like, did you do it? Because everyone will know how it went from this point. Um, (laughs) It was like a really dumb idea or not. I just like, so... Like it's at the time where Bitcoin just tested twenty k. Um, I I don't know. It feels like that should be a really big support level. Um, sure. Yeah. And ETH sure. is testing a thousand. I was surprised that ETH's support level was not also its also um its previous all time high, which was fourteen hundred. Like it just shredded fourteen hundred. It didn't even stop and think about it. It just like waved on it, waved past as it drove past a Ferrari, <laughs> dropped to like <laughs> just straight to like twelve and then to a thousand. It didn't give a shit about the previous all time high. So it's interesting for the psychology perspective that people respect the four digits more than the prior all time high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, that's right. Yeah, some of these cash and this is a pretty awesome website you just linked. That. Top yeah, one, one is insane. A return of two hundred percent. Eighteen percent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Holy Jesus! Yeah. But what? What is AMPL anyway? It doesn't matter. AMPL. Like that's the beauty of cash and carry. You don't care. <laughs> it's like the ARB bot, right? It's like ARB, like these general strategies. It's like you kind of almost don't even care about what the underlying token is. I feel like I, I'm going to say that and then someone is going to be thinking you're retarded. Like, there are definitely, like, things um, that make that... I shouldn't say that word, by the way, the R word. I'm trying to phase that out. I'm sorry. Um, it's a, I started saying it more, actually. I mean, a bit of... Really? <laughs> I guess point at you as being influenced. I'm sorry for the listeners Maybe. who are offended by that. I'm trying to phase it out of my, my active use. You know, do you know when I started saying it more? It's when somebody told me off and they said... Um, Shouldn't use the R word, and I was like, "I'll do what I want." <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, <sighs> at these, yeah. For for me, I I I think like you should not listen to the words. You should listen to like the, the message, the spirit yeah. behind what people say, yeah. right? And I'm not saying I hate people with Down syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I do understand it somewhat, but. Um, I don't like who am I hurting? I don't know. Like yeah, for some words like you know, plenty of slurs are pretty hurtful to some people. I don't know. What are the ones so, like? I mean, like just <laughs> the other day you made a Xi Jinping joke. <laughs> like, all right, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there are certain 
like, I don't know, word policing? I, I don't know how to phrase it. Um, that's yeah, a little they're, bit they're annoying. Um, I think it's more common in Australia and, and America and the UK and these sort of places. Like, <laughs> I don't think, you know, people get upset about it and I, I can understand. People get upset that people are, you know, using certain words and then there's other people that get upset because they're not allowed to use the words they want to use anymore, right? Um, but it's really kind of just a problem in the Western world. You know, for both sides, right? Like, if you go to, if you, if you leave an English-speaking country, it's just, it's not something people are talking about. I believe. Hmm. I'm. I saw I saw this uh, this thing in uh, Australia where like some mum was talking about what she did. Like she'd wake up at five thirty and cook breakfast for her husband or something like that, and then um. A TV station made fun of her for being, like, not a feminist. That's so harsh. I mean, it's like... She's, like, probably really loves her husband. And it's, like, really affectionate. The other thing is, like... Yeah, I get it. It's, like... uh, I I get it. It's it's kind of backwards or whatever, but... um, I actually really like a lot of the traditional values. do what they want, and it's not... I really like them. The other thing is, people can do what they want. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) What are you telling this woman... She's not allowed to wake up at 5 a.m. and cook breakfast. Yeah. I'm also, like... <laughs> it's really weird to be doing this, like, on the podcast. Because you linked me this um this website, and I was looking at the top trade, which, like, looks insanely good. Oh, it has instructions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you buy that, and you sell that. How are you not using this? Like, is that... Because FTX is a really good exchange, as far as I'm aware. Um, mm-hmm. So you buy... Hold on. Is this a th- real thing? Hold on, it might be real. You can start doing this shit. I mean, like, I was just saying how, like, my current cash and carry is basically dead in the water at the moment. And all it's getting me is, like, yep. counterparty risk. Like, before I was generating interest, and it's like, without well, interest, it's like... Why would I hold funds on this exchange, right? Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know if the data's. Oh, I'll whatever, double check my... it. But I mean, like, I just did a quick yeah. look, um, and there is a pretty big price differential between them. Um, so, like, even on this stuff, but would you really be comfortable doing that trade? Um, Without knowing what AMPL I don't, is? That's the thing. Is like, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to matter. Um, I suppose. I don't know how the payout happens. Um, and also, look at that. Why is the fee so low? How can the fee be is, that low? FTX is renowned for having really small fees. Is it really what that low? What is it, low? though? It's 0. 0.0007%. Zero <laughs> That's going to yeah, be wrong, right? Yeah, it's 0.1%, right? Let me look it up. FTX fees. Yeah, I don't think they would be that low. I... I think... W- no, he's... Oh, he says use he's the re- referral link to get a discount. So maybe his link will get you a lower thing? That's if you sign up. Mm, maybe. 
I'll ask him. I'll, I'll message him. Yeah, I am kind of curious. I guess the other thing is, like, I'm pretty sure he's linked here the perpetual swap. Yep. And their rate changes all the time. Um, so when I was listening to hedge funds talk about they would do things with perps, um, perpetual swaps, futures, but they would keep, they would flip-flop, like they'd have algorithms that flip-flop the funding on them, depending which way the funding was leaning. Um, yep. So it might be the case that like he's given here, like this happened with stuff I did all the time as well. Like if you take a yield and then you stretch it out to the future and it looks ridiculous, like that Axis one I was talking about, Bitfinex, that one's actually usually... <sighs> Their funding usually only lasts like I think a minimum of eight hours and up to a maximum of thirty days. And there's times where I got yields of like fifty percent on like US dollars or something. And I was like, This is amazing and then, you know, whoever borrowed it would just like close the position the next day. <laughs> and you're like, you didn't get to you get to enjoy a fifty percent APR for like one day. Um and then you're like you have to go fishing again for another buyer. Um and the interest rates would have collapsed by then to like one percent or something. Um, so you got the fees wrong. I don't think it's wrong. It's just um, like no, it is. I, I just messaged him. The oh, fees it is. Wrong. Oh, sorry, the um, fee is wrong. He forgot to yeah. multiply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He forgot to multiply it by. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just way fucking yeah. off. It's it's basically so it's free. basically zero point one percent, which is I think what I was saying is what I thought it was. It's uh, you're yeah. right, yeah, zero point zero seven. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just slightly undercutting seven tenths of zero point one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even still, this is pretty interesting. Okay, so he does have here risk liquidation risks. Actually, I I don't know if I should probably be reading this over the podcast. Um, giving like people ideas about cash and carry. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just interesting. Like, there's there's still ways, um, to like get around and look for opportunities. You just have to be a little bit more careful. Um, and not you're not gonna get like your big home runs you do in the bull market. Like the bull market just feels easy, right? Like just buy, the price goes up. I like the bull markets for that. Yeah, the, the, I think the nice thing about the bull market is um, you don't have to. You're, you're less worried. You don't. You're less worried about counterparty risk. Like, you know, MakerDAO is not going to blow up, and Celsius is not going to blow. Up. Everything's good. Everything's going up. Like, you can make as you can get hacked as much as you want, and you can still come out good, right? Um, I think hacking was about the only way you could go under. Like, I think even during the bull market, there was yeah. a couple of DeFi protocols, and like there were some of the new coins and like bridges that were getting hacked. Um, so hacks are like a constant. Um, I wonder even if like because it's a bear market hacks will happen less often because <laughs> they're just like eh, you know what like it's only like 20 million dollars and not 100 I can't be bothered hacking this protocol anymore um, yeah I don't know yeah obviously we're going to start to see who is leveraged and who's too exposed to the market um, I wonder if something's going to happen with Elon Musk that's my, my like really weird tangent <laughs> He's been pretty quiet on crypto lately. <laughs> but I mean, like, wasn't his Twitter... Like, everything he does, I feel like, is just, like, some leveraged play. Like, he doesn't sell stuff. He just, like, leverages against Tesla stock, which is... Oh, that was the original point I wanted to come down to, which is, like, everything's crashing and burning. I was discussing it with some other friends. I was like, all right, say this is a true bear market, right? And we stick it out for, like, two or three years or whatever. Um, we're, like, six months into it. 
I think, roughly seven months since we've been crashing the stocks in crypto. Um, and I'm like, okay, say that's the case and you want to make money, which is like, you generally want to short in that environment, right? Like, just flip that chart upside down and it starts to look exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And you go, okay, what would you want to short, right? Like, what do you short in a bear market? What would you be like your top um, ideas for shorting things if you wanted to short? Yeah, me? yeah, I'm asking you, like, hypothetically. Right now, hypothetically. If, what, crypto anything, or anything? Any asset you want. Bear market. It, it, we'll just put it on um, the assumption. I don't know, it's, Facebook it's, or whatever. Sorry, what's right? that? Facebook? Facebook or something. Yeah. Or you just short the whole index. The whole S&P 500 or something? NASDAQ? <laughs> it seems like a good idea. It's a bear yeah. market. <laughs> what would you say? Um, we thought about this a lot. So we were like... I bet it's like cicada. <laughs> it's like harvesting. <laughs> they are fucked for sure. Those fucking cica- no one's going to be buying those cicada wings. How do you even get the wings? cicada wings? Is <laughs> someone like harvesting them? Um, this guy walking around with a wheelbarrow full of cicada wings. And everyone's like, no, nah, man, I don't need them anymore. It's fucking right. real market. So, okay. Mamma mia. I was thinking about... With my cicada wings. <laughs> I was thinking about like... Um, Okay, so shorting, you can make uh, at most 100%, right? And you've got a big... You can get liquidated if you're on the wrong side of that and it doubles. So... For shorting? From shorting. Uh, wait, how can you get shorted? Can you? Sorry? Oh, yeah, sure, if it yeah, doubles. Yeah yeah, 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 I see what you mean. Right, yeah. it's, a, it's essentially a margin True, play, right? Um, so, I think a lot of people who go short, they actually do like a multiplier, like two or three, because... Otherwise, it's just boring or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I'm just saying, like, just assume it goes for two or yeah. three years. And then I was like, all right. I was thinking, so you kind of want to do it on the thing that's the most pile of dog shit possible that goes, like, the thing that's most likely to go to zero, right? Um, so, okay. um, like, Luna would have been a great example of that. <laughs> it's just like, that is, it's depegged. Like, let's go to zero. The problem, even with yep. Luna, why I didn't pull the trigger on a short on that for is like, especially in cryptocurrency altcoins, is like they can be so volatile. I could see it could like double like the next day, and I just liquidated right. Um, so because they yes. can bounce back so quickly, like I think I'd feel more comfortable on like Bitcoin or ETH or something, right? Yeah. Because you'd be like, yeah. yeah, there's no way I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and Bitcoin's like 40k. Like, it's just not happening. Um, like, even if it's, like, absurdly bullish news, I don't know what happened. Like, the Federal Reserve says they're just, like, replacing US dollars with Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe in that case it... I'm not even sure even in that case it doubles overnight. I'm not sure. Maybe it would. I think it would. <laughs> I, think it, I think it would. I was like, as I was... I think it would go straight to 100k if, it, if they did something weird. I don't like think so. That. I think it, the world would be in a state of disbelief. They'd be like, it was a troll or it was like, there's a misread in the news or something. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, that's the most absurdly, like, positive news I could think of. And I'm like, even then, like, I still think, like, it would be a little bit... Um, that was a terrible example, right? Uh, the idea is that I don't think... I can't see any sentiment change that would be big enough for Bitcoin to spike double in a very short period of time. Um, mm-hmm. ETH is... I think 
because ETH dropped a lot more dramatically. Like it was eighteen hundred dollars like three days ago or something. I could see like doubling. So like no. And then I'm thinking, okay, so I don't want it to like have this opportunity to like bounce really hard, like just jump back up. And then you also want to do it to a, like a piece of dog shit, which is also like Bitcoin, right? It's just like the problem is I don't think Bitcoin's going to zero, right? I think it goes into a bear market and it, it finds a bottom somewhere. I don't know where it is. Um, like it looks like it's testing 20k, so it'll probably be somewhere under 20k, and that'll create a lot of fear. Um, but wherever, it's not going to be zero. So then, like, then you have to think about where you're going to jump out again. Whereas if it's something that's like lunar and it's going to zero, you're so much more comfortable. <laughs> you're just like, it doesn't matter. This thing is just like, it'll wobble around 10 cents and five cents, <laughs> and like you've made your 99% profit. Um, yep. So I was thinking about other things. Like, yeah, then the S and P 500. Um, I'm not really... Oh, did I tell you I actually originally shorted during the COVID recession? Um, and I lost no, a lot I of money, actually, mm-hmm. during the COVID bounce um, on the S&P 500. <laughs> I looked... Oh, you shorted the S&P? I thought you shorted... Uh, the no, I shorted the S&P 500. Okay. Well, it depends on which day you did it, because it went... It was like the massive V shape. I think, recovery. yeah, on the bounce. Because, like, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah. kind of like where you... It's if you want to go long, you buy the dip. And it's like for if you're going short, you would you kind of short the bounce, right? Like you you short the rallies. Yep. Um, and I looked at the previous recessions, and I'm like, like unless this, this is like an anomaly, like a real like real big anomaly, I'm like this recessions go longer than like four months. <laughs> um, and the market had absolutely <laughs> yeah. crashed, and then it was it was a complete anomaly, like and it ran right really hard from two k to like forty eight hundred so that was the worst short experience of my life um, yeah, I was going to short it too, and I remember um I was talking in the office to somebody, and um he's like used to be a trader at Goldman Sachs, and he said i said, you reckon we should short this and he said, probably going down, but he said, wait." wait like three to six months and if it's still going down then yeah. short it because then you can be pretty sure it's going down whereas now it's a bit well we're weird. in six months I'm right. glad I'm glad he said that because fuck I was like okay but the other that. one is and like the Federal Reserve it just went straight up the next fucking week or something yeah it, the COVID one was insane like it, it basically I think the Federal Reserve made an announcement or they did something and they basically like just injected all this money into the market and the market just turned yeah. around overnight. Um, and I, I think people are very skeptical that can happen again because of inflation, right? Like, they seem... Yep. Like, it was just yep. yesterday, I think, they passed a 75-point um, rate hike on their bonds. So, they, like, seem to be... Yeah, it was really big. Um, but 0.75 yeah, basis, like right? Yeah, like, 0.75%. Oh, wow. It's huge. They said it was the biggest rate hike in 30 years or something on the U.S. Treasuries. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, whenever they, they, I've heard those headlines for so long. Yeah, you're right. It was today. Um, um, so I think yeah. I've heard that so much. Like, oh, the Fed is dropping the rates by 0.25. Oh, they're or raising, raising it by yeah. 0.5, or they're dropping it by 0.1. And I had no idea what that meant, right? I was like, okay. I, I kind of knew. I was like, oh, this means the banks can lend at this rate, right? I mean, they can borrow from the government. It's the price rate. of money um, for the government and the banks and mortgages. Like, everything's in the... I, doesn't, it, doesn't it mean that, like, they're issuing treasury bonds? 
No. Um, does it have nothing to do with treasury it bonds? It does. Like T-bills? Yeah, it, it all flows on. Like, the way I think about it is that's the root of the financial system because it's considered the yeah. safest, like, financial asset. Um, so, like, whatever they do with their interest rates basically percolates out into the rest of the world. Although, we're seeing some dislocations. But, but like, are those interest rates, like, when the bank says... Oh, fuck it, I'll just read Yeah. Yeah, what are they even doing? Essentially, the banks have to have a higher interest rate than the Federal Reserve. Because imagine, like, um, like the the probability of your bank collapsing versus, like, the Federal Reserve. If the Federal Reserve was offering more money, like, I don't think an individual can open an account very easily, but I don't know, maybe hedge funds or whatever, or, like, you buy a bond. Um, if you could get a yield from either of them, like and this works for all like financial products, right? When you you look at the yield, you also look at the risk behind that yield. There's a reason why credit card debt is like twenty percent or something, because there's a decent chance that people aren't going to pay back their credit card bills or they're going to default or something. Whereas like the risk of like the U.S. Federal Reserve defaulting is basically zero. Um, so yeah, and it, you just go okay. If they offered the same rate, you just go with whatever the safest thing is. We, we were just talking about the same concept in cryptocurrency, right? Which is the idea of like being with an exchange, and like even though maybe there were some places lending protocols that offer higher rates of like lending, like we said, like four hundred percent on some products, it's just like you just don't want to touch it because the risk associated with it is like it's not worth the yield. Um, so like, well, it, it's. It's because you don't want that token, right? Well, in that case, it was because you don't want that token. But just say... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case, it was that... But with Celsius, like... Yeah, if you see something like Celsius, it's like a bit of a yeah. black box. Say FTX... And they say... ...was offering you 8% yeah, say, on USD, and Celsius was offering you 8%, or even like 10% right now on USD. Like, would you go to Celsius and lend them your USD? It's like, no, you wouldn't touch them. Like, I don't know what they'd have to offer. Like, even if they offered 100% USD, it'd be like, I wouldn't... Like lend, I wouldn't deposit stuff with them right now. Um, yeah, it's the same kind of thing, and people do it with sovereigns, right? That's why I think, like, generally, like, I think Australia has to have a higher interest rate than the U.S. because we're considered we're more risky, like, as a sovereign, as a country, um, and like all the other countries that filter on. So I think, like, Europe's a bit different. I heard they're still easing at the moment instead of tightening, but I think they're starting to change that tune and I heard actually China is actually doing the opposite I think they're actually decreasing interest rates and they're easing the QE I think which is interesting um, so we'll see how that goes I don't know how I got onto this I think the thing we were talking about was like how to short right um, so anyway I wanted to short Tesla oh yeah was the thing I wanted to short um, okay. I don't know about zero <laughs> fuck um, but their PE ratio I would not short You wouldn't short Tesla? Uh, No. It's got too much, you know... Yeah, that's it, right? I think if it's a proper bear market, it's kind of like crypto. When the bear market happens, like, everyone's got a fucking fanboy of all these altcoins until the bear market hits, and they all, like, drop off to basically zero. I think meme stock buying stuff and fanboys, it's going to die. It seems so logical, but, man... Wait, 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 say that again. You think this... Yeah, okay, I got you. So you think it is a good idea to Tesla. short Tesla? I think it's just... 
like its valuation was always insane. Like it looks like a bit of a Bitcoin mm. chart to me. But like at least Bitcoin was a currency. Um, like it didn't really. No, I mean, I, 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 I totally agree. It's overpriced, but and, and so is GameStop, and so is AMC. Maybe not. I, I haven't, I haven't those, seen those. What's then? AMC's price? Like? I wonder if they've they've probably already been hit. Uh, it looks like it's come down. One year. Was it, it bottomed at a dollar seventy-eight. Yeah, so it peaked at sixty, and now it's like. But that looks like a date. Um, See, this is the problem. See, like, a, like I'm looking at AMC. So it topped out at seventy-one. <laughs> it's ten dollars. It's basically GameStop <laughs> still at one hundred twenty-three bucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what was GameStop like? Um. Yeah, at some point they were saying, "Oh, GameStop needs to be like." Uh, Wasn't was they like, saying like, it was basically just, ready to just, like go under <laughs> or something? Yeah, yeah, they were saying they were saying um you should eviscerate it and just sell off everything, give give but investors. Do you know what's funny? It's like. Even the absurd top that GameStop had at four hundred eighty-one dollars, and it's one hundred twenty now, is that mm-hmm. that's a seventy-five percent drop. That's basically in line with like Ethereum, Bitcoin, Facebook, <laughs> Netflix, like all these big names. That's not like, sorry, okay, Facebook's down sixty percent. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. It's not um, it's just following the market, right? It's not particularly because people are saying, okay. Spare market. Let me get out of this GameStop position. Yeah, I, I, I also think partly it's because um, hedge funds is not interested in shorting. <laughs> they're terrified. They're just going near. No, it. no, no, no. Fuck like, this. No. As soon as they do it, <laughs> the fucking the fucking retards at GameStop, the retards at Reddit that work at GameStop are gonna go in and be like, "I'm buying but this shit just to get you." Reckon it would happen again? Like I reckon. There's just like people don't have yeah. as much free money and capital anymore. Like after inflation, I think mortgage rates have started mm. to go up. Food's gotten really expensive. No man, because because the guys on Reddit were buying like, but they were living off government like, checks and shit. Like they were just so much financial yes, stimulus. They were just but throwing money. They were around. also buying like twenty or thirty bucks worth of. They weren't buying much, but because there's so many of them. But it was also um, like it was massive bull market. Like it was a huge bull market. Mm. In like everything, like crypto was popping, stock markets yes. popping, financial stimulus everywhere. You didn't have to go to work. I'm like, I think they're very different times. I don't think. I think the people have probably already got like a lot of people would have been burnt from that experience more often than not. Um, a couple of people walked away very what wealthy. Um, Who got burnt by what experience? Like the GameStop stuff. Like most people who probably participated you- probably got burnt. Um. Um. Well, yes, yeah. I would say yes. I. Uh, it's it's weird. Who's buying? So it GameStop now? is down. Yeah. Who who who's buying GameStop now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> I think maybe that maybe Can that's I still on. Like, I was looking at this chart of GameStop, right? Uh, you know how like. They, some of these companies give like estimates of like revenue and stuff. <laughs> Just, oh my god, this is hilarious. Uh, June first, twenty-two. I, I'm a bit annoyed they don't tell me if it's millions or billions. I don't know how big GameStop is. I'm going to assume it's millions. Yeah. Um. Oh no, it yeah. says billions. Wait, the, market billions. Cap, the market caps. The market caps billions oh. now is just because no, it's revenue. Is revenue is billions. Oh, revenue. No, it's probably million. It might be billions. All right. So, um. I can't work out what these numbers mean, so I'm definitely almost gonna like 
screw this up reading it out. But it was something like <laughs> um, <laughs> they predicted they were going to lose like one and a half billion dollars <laughs> in income, <laughs> and they lost two billion. <laughs> Surprise! A forty-five percent surprise to the downside, and then and this doctor stock doesn't off. give a shit. <laughs> oh my god! Because when up. did that happen? June first, twenty twenty-two. That was very. I'm looking at the stock price. It did. It went up. It lost like six hundred million dollars, and the estimate was they were going to lose one and a half billion. No, they lost. They lost two billion. They, they lost. Yeah, but they were even telling more. people we're going to lose one and a half billion dollars, yeah. and then they lost two billion. So not only did you tell everyone this is going to be really bad, guys, <laughs> it's going to be really, really bad. It's like it was worse by fifty percent, worse than they even predicted. It's like, how did you lose another seven hundred million dollars, and then the stock price went up? I mean, that's that's exactly why I don't want to short that thing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It defies the laws of physics. Um, I guess the other thing is... I, w- I would say don't yeah, do it. No, I don't want to do um, GameStop. I was just thinking... Okay. But you're thinking I'm thinking about, about Tesla. Tesla, honestly, Tesla. Um, oh, don't do it. Because a lot of things are already down a lot. Um, even things that were like... I, I, I don't really understand the appeal of shorting because... Mm. Um, you want to make money. The most you can right. make is a hundred percent, right? It's not even a hundred percent. It's and just then, like a twenty to fifty percent drop would be nice. No, yeah, I, I, but that, that's the most you can make, and maybe you can make like I, I would say, probably should get out once you made fifty yeah, percent, yeah. right? Because like um, it'd have to be a depression for it to go down to what like ninety percent drop off. Yeah, but I don't know what would Tesla. I don't know. Like, I checked out its PE ratio the other day. It was, like, 93 or something. Like, isn't it still worth more than, like, every other car company combined or something yeah. stupid? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense to short Tesla, especially because Elon might need to sell more to Yeah, I still think he did a Maybe. lot of stupid financial decisions. Like, I, I really don't think he's yeah. as smart. The Twitter one is so yeah. stupid. And he's paying all this... Do you know what's leverage. so weird about the Twitter what's thing? That? He's... What's Twitter's price now? It's like Twitter share price. It's thirty-seven, yeah. right? And his offer it's to like buy 50. Twitter is at fifty. Yeah, it was really high. It's it's fifty. Sorry, it's fifty-four dot twenty because he wanted to put a four twenty in there. I think. Right. Um. That means if you buy Twitter now, and the deal goes through, then you should make um. What is it? Fifteen bucks. You make a lot. You make fifteen bucks per share, which is like. Forty percent, but people are not buying it because I think people are afraid he's going to wiggle out of the deal, or he's going to negotiate a lower price, or probably more. He's going to wiggle out of the. Is deal. he going to take it private? I thought he was just going to. Um, oh, he's yeah. going to take it. He's going to take it private. What? So if we bought it right now and he follows through with the deal, we make an easy. Well, the market is basically saying they don't believe him right now. Um, Correct. Yeah, they don't believe he's going. I think that's what it means. And. So if you think he is going to buy it, then... But, like, all of his stuff, I felt like, was kind of like that. Like, a lot of his funding, I thought, was from Tesla, being, like, this massive overvalued thing. Um, he seemed like he was financing he's... a lot of his stuff this way. He's just leveraging it. And it's just like... One is... Yeah. He's he's borrowing some money from banks to buy it. And I think those... That money is, like, um, guaranteed with Tesla yeah. stock. And he's also been selling... 
Probably needs it for SpaceX funding. People who want to buy it. I think he needed it. Probably for SpaceX funding. The Twitter thing. No, um, those are two separate companies. I think, and I, I think SpaceX is like a lot more stable than Tesla. You didn't fund anyway. it with Tesla. Hey, he said something offhandedly. No. He probably funded it with PayPal because PayPal and Tesla were around the same time when when he started them. Sorry, I mean, Tesla like they are SpaceX separate companies, companies, but I think like if he needed funding for SpaceX, I could see him selling Tesla shares right to like fund it. Because I think true, but I think that's not a problem anymore because. Um, it's it's effectively a government contractor, and those do not go out of. They don't run out of money because the government wants to keep them around. Because who else is going to mm. build technology for? Well, the, it seems like companies. yeah, SpaceX is doing pretty well with all the satellites and stuff. Um, the reusable rockets. I, I don't know what financially how well they're going. Um, I think it's good. SpaceX. Yeah, hold on. Is it Tesla yeah. versus every? Other car, <laughs> all car companies. Um, yeah, yeah, it's still it's still true. Um, they haven't published this in a while. I like to remember <laughs> the stories from like ages ago, and then just like, like the narratives just fall off. But I like remember them, and I keep reusing them. Okay, so I think this is a live chart. So the Tesla is worth six hundred sixty-six billion. And then the next biggest is Toyota at two hundred billion, um, and what's Toyota's PE? Toyota. Toyota's P. Can you just give it to me, please? I think it's nine, eight point five. Right. So that means Tesla is valued ten times higher than Toyota. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, this just fails like... It still kind of fails. It it feels like... Like, Tesla, in a lot of ways, is a good company. But the way that... I, I'm not really liking Musk much. I feel like he's made a lot of silly decisions. And I think he was, like... Yeah. He was the... Like, the... The mascot of the bull market. Like, the biggest mascot of the bull market. He could say and get away with anything he wanted. And do these silly things. And mm-hmm. he's taken out probably like extreme, le- like probably way more leverage against his company than we're probably even aware of. It's kind of like the Celsius thing, right? It's like you don't know until people start to hit their liquidation levels and their loans start to get called in. Um, and potentially that causes a chain reaction. I think like Tesla isn't even down, like when I say that much, it's down 50%, but compared to its like, um, to its valuation. And, like, he was acting, like, really weird for the last, like... He put out some tweets. I don't know if you saw them. He he was talking about, like, sacking, I think, like, 10,000 employees or something, or 10% of his workforce in Tesla. Um, he was talking about the... I think some of the directors who were working remote, or just people who were working remote, he's like, come to the office or, like, get a real job. Yep. Yeah. Um, then he made comments about the economy. <laughs> um, yeah. And maybe this is all tied into his Twitter deal, but he's obviously acting very stressed. Um, and got himself into a bad place. I don't know. That's my pick. I mean, I'm trying to think of other picks, to be honest. Like, I would have gone Doge, except Doge is already only five cents already. Like, it's already dumped. So you want something that's still, like, got some room to, like, dump. 
right? Like I could see yeah. Tesla if it's like to come down to the valuation of like say even triple Toyota, which is still pretty considerate, it'd still dump like eighty ninety percent from here, right? Um, I don't think like I was thinking like what are some other ones like Apple? I think is the biggest company in the world. Um, it hasn't really moved much off the highs. What is it down? Thirty percent. But it's such a stable company and such a brand name. I'm like, I don't want to really touch that. Then you have things like Netflix and Facebook. They've already dumped so hard, right? Like, and I don't think they're going to zero. Netflix down 75%. 75%, man. Like, <laughs> this thing might as well be cryptocurrency, but without the upside. Like, it's just all the downside of crypto with none of the, like, cool, awesome return side of the positive side. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like Ark is already down. Like there were hundreds. <laughs> Ark. Yeah, Ark is Ark's Ark a good from one, 160. Sure, but I mean, it's 160, <laughs> and it's down to 77. It's down 77 percent. It's basically Netflix, right? Basically Netflix, like a slower, yep. more Titanic crash version of like Netflix. Um, but it's a it's a hedge fund, so I don't think it really goes to zero. It's kind of like a weird version of an ETF. I think it's a ETF. Yeah. yeah, it's just an ETF. Um it's a it's a what's it called? Actively managed ETF, right? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I was, yeah. Like even like you said Facebook. Um I think Facebook actually makes some pretty decent money. Um like yeah, they lost the user growth narrative and then it Why don't you just go the whole index if you if you're a really if you think it's a bull market, go a bear market. Um, so yeah, bear market. Yeah, I mean, even the index is down pretty substantially. I don't know. Maybe I just have a beef with Tesla. Maybe that's it. Hey, maybe you're right. I should just do the the index. Um, I don't know. Sorry. Anyway, that was a really long rant about me just being like maybe Tesla. We'll see. Don't, don't do it. Do it. Although, uh, maybe I should just shut up because I, I think it's generally best to not give your friends investing oh, advice. Yeah. Because if you're right, then yeah, great. But if you're wrong... Yeah, like, no one listen to me. No like one go it. and do that, um, please. Um, it probably is like a really silly idea. Or just make your own decisions. I was just talking about my thought well, process. I, I, shorting is so scary, yeah. man. I mean, like, everything's scary. Um... No, I'm buying. I, I, I think buying going long, buying at spot and going long in is this market. Just buy it and like. No, no, just because you don't have to watch it every day and you don't have to think about it. You can just yeah. buy long and then never look at it again, right? Whereas if you do, if you do something like cash and carry, you need to. I feel way more comfortable. At least keep track of yeah, the cash and carry. What's it? What's that? The cash and carry is almost like a guaranteed. Like other than the like tiny little bit of execution risk you have and then like some counterparty risk this is where I'm like yeah but but you still need to be a bit more active yeah, with that. yeah. you need to um, you got to be a bit more management like manage it a little bit more yeah you need to know when it's expiring and then you go and close but it that's like once it. a year or twice a year it's very low effort um, it's not that low because if you miss it by a day you, you could you potentially could um, oh yeah like up, right? and, yeah and in my case like if I left it and then um, 
You just forgot about came it. Came back and then, like, the thing that I was underlying... Like, yeah, so the AMP thing, right? That we saw on your friend's site. Yeah, and, and if you short something, you know, it might go down... I mean, it might go down 50% and then you're not paying attention. You don't close it up and then it goes back up and you miss your short window. I mean, that doesn't seem very likely, but um, I guess it could happen. Yeah. It depends how it's denominated. Some of these things are denominated in USD. Um, yeah, like, I guess the scary part of shorting is you're worried about getting uh, liquidated, which would yeah. really suck. I mean, like, if you don't, especially if you don't do it with your whole portfolio, you can just use it as a hedge, right? Which is like, you know, maybe you do have a bunch of other assets that are already long, like we talked about. Like, we're pretty, I think we're both pretty firm believers in, like, ETH and Bitcoin long term. Hmm. Um,. And maybe you just take like a short position because it's just like, okay, well, if it follows the four-year cycle and I don't know, like the book, the stock market feels like it's maybe finally like starting to fall off a little bit. Maybe like, I'm just thinking it might help psychologically. Like I know I work this way from trading is like, even if I'm losing money on everything, as long as I have something I can look at and be like, that's making money, I feel a lot better. Right, <laughs> even if yeah. I've got a short position and it's not making much, it's only like five percent of your portfolio, but it's something I'm playing with, and I'm like, you know, that's up. Like, imagine you put a put on when ETH was at eighteen hundred, testing it, and it dropped to a thousand dollars. Like that put would, like maybe even have made money. Um, in that case, um, it's like really risky, but yeah. Alright, sorry. I, I kind of went off the deep end there. Um, do you have any other thoughts? <laughs> I think I'm done. I, I went on a rant. Yeah, I... Um, this is not financial I, advice. I, I'm mostly staying yeah. out of it. I'm staying out of the, yeah. the market. Mostly because um, cause I'm not making stable I think money. that's also my problem. Um... So I probably shouldn't be as gung ho about these decisions. Well, it's a bit different because you are you got like knowledge and experience, whereas I'm, um, I don't know too much about trading and I don't know too much about like price movement. So I'd rather um, be a passive investor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine wrote a book about like how to pick stocks. And he asked me to read it, and I just couldn't even read it because it was so, um, like technical. No, it's just I. I think if you want to learn about stock picking, and then use those skills to pick stocks, I think that should just be your job, right? <laughs> like you don't want to half-ass it. You don't want to do like five hours or ten hours of stock picking a week, yeah. right? Because doesn't that mean you're just going to be worse than someone who does 40 hours a week, I thought right? so. But, so. like, everything that I've read, and even in my personal experience, it doesn't seem to be, like, more time equals better results in trading. Like, it's actually the opposite in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Like, I've gotten really comfortable with actually just doing, like, one trade every three to six months. Like, you just wait for a setup that you're like, this is amazing. Or, like, you think ahead of it, and I'm just like, okay, you know, Bitcoin testing 20k. I could see it, like, sitting there for a while. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe it just, like, plunges straight through 20k and I lose, like, a crap ton of money. But I'm like, that seems like a pretty big psychological level. Feels like it should test that. And the volatility, like, especially on ETH around this level, at the same time, is, like, 10-20% a day. 
it's insane, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't really been that good on, like, trading... This is kind of like trading the charts, right? It's like predicting what's going to happen. I, I prefer what you were talking about, which is, like, cash and carry and the arbitrage. Like, these things, if you can kind of mitigate a lot of the execution risk, like, if you do them correctly, um, and just take smaller, like, profits over time. Yeah. Is that the whole ETF movement, right? It's like why people moved away yep. from actively managed funds. It's like because they're just not making you extra money. It's kind of interesting, like, the people... Well, you don't even have access to those active... Like, mostly, an active managed fund is mostly... You could have done fund. ARK. <laughs> yeah, you could go ARK. Down people liked ARK in They loved ARK. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, one, you don't have access to, like, stock pickers. Yeah, you kind of do if you buy Berkshire Hathaway, I guess. Can, their shares That's are insane. Another. Like, I was thinking about buying it, yeah. and then I looked at the price, and I'm like, these guys never do a, sh- a stock split, like, ever. <laughs> split, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the first time that I think... <laughs> they don't split. <laughs> I think I read that Tesla's thinking about doing another split. What is it? Oh, seriously, it's 400 and Exactly, 000. right? What the yes, fuck? Yes, thank you very much. It's I remember when I was at uni, I heard about it, and it was like... Oh, no, even when, it, when we were at uni, it was 100,000. Yeah, it was really, like... It was like buying a house, and I'm like, okay. This is... 400,000. It's peaked at... What's a tick size, 10 bucks? <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's so I was actually thinking, this is maybe a pretty good... Because Berkshire Hathaway... I wonder why they do that. I wonder why they... I think it's partly because um, Warren Buffett hates bankers. So I think if you do a stock split, you need to pay a fee to the bankers. Sounds about right. And then I guess it also means... um, (laughs) It's hard to buy futures for Berkshire. (laughs) You need to buy lots of 100. It's kind of insane. (laughs) So that would be $40 million. I like how close they are to their estimates on like earnings. They're like off by like half a percent every time. Oh, sorry, that was revenue. No, their earnings are pretty good. How did they do that? Um, I don't know. I think they have pretty steady business models. Okay, so I think they um. <laughs> we couldn't even afford like a full share of Berkshire Hathaway. That's insane. Like. No. You can't. Like at the top, it was like half a million US dollars for one share. <laughs> Even in 1990, it was seven thousand one hundred dollars. Nineteen ninety. This thing looks like it kind of does look like just a picture of the S and P, right? Like, um, um, I suppose. I don't think it goes back that far. I mean, like I'm just looking at the last couple of years like 2018 it's just a straight oh, okay. line up to the right yeah it, you're right it is exactly the same shape as yeah. the S&P you're right and so that you just buy I mean everything kind of looks S&P it's, at the moment S&P goes back to 82 apparently when did when did the S&P 500 index start it was 57 wow before my dad was born that's pretty cool like Tesla's down 8% today like we, 
Um, let's okay. stop the pod. Yeah. I've got to. Um, it's it's been a good long one talking about lots of. <laughs> <random stuff. laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. All see right, you guys good. later.